And I felt like I hit rock bottom. And at that point, I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to go and pursue that passion project that I didn't do 10 years ago. (laughs) And I'm like, what's the worst they can say at the patent office? No, you didn't get it. So because of that, it's kind of like, I felt like I had already lost everything. So what's there to lose? And then all of a sudden I got the patent. (laughs) So I was like, "Uh oh, (laughs) now what? (laughs) I actually have to pursue it. So I'm, I'm, it's funny because I was always afraid, but once you know, I, I always say to people, once you face your fear, there's so many blessings on the other side of that. Welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast with your host, Tina Conroy. Gain clarity, confidence, and trust in your inner wisdom. Explore spiritual topics, including intuition, healing, wellness, yoga, vibrant living, and more. Hey guys, Tina here. Welcome back. I'm always so grateful that you tune in each and every week. Today I have a very special guest and I can't wait to share her with you. Her name is Ada Duran and she's going to be speaking about her passion, beautiful, heart-centered business. And it is called In a Groove, I-N-A-G-R-U-V. In a Groove was created by Ada Duran. She's a Long Island school teacher who first thought of the idea when she couldn't find the right sandals to wear to her college graduation party. She envisioned a sandal that could have a variety of colorful straps to match any outfit without having to purchase 10 different pairs of shoes. Little did she know that she had stumbled upon her soul's purpose on that day. I love that. She wrote souls with S-O-L-E-S. She applied for a patent for an interchangeable sandal with grooves built into the sole, hence the name In a Groove was born, a sandal you can stylishly wear from daytime to playtime in a multitude of trendsetting styles and colors. In a Groove prides itself in empowering its customers to have creative control of their footwear. It allows women to be stylish, comfortable, and in a groove with their personal style. Well, I have to share with you that I've known Ada quite a long time now, and Ada has come so far in her dream to reality. I can't wait for you to tune into this episode. Also, I want to leave all the information in the show notes, how you can contact Ada on her website and through social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And she does have a GoFund project, so please go fund her, help her out. She is doing amazing things for amazing women, and she has a beautiful project where she gives back to a beautiful organization called Souls for Souls. In a Groove will donate $1 for every shoe purchased for children and families in need worldwide. So sit back and enjoy this show. I know you will. Hey, Ada, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hi, Tina. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so glad to have you on. I'm super excited. So I always like to share with the listeners your background and how you were brought up. So would you share if you were brought up spiritual, religious, or both? I think, um, well, I was raised in a Catholic home and we didn't really go to church on Sundays. We just went for the holidays. Um, And I sort of grew my own spiritual practice as I got older, um, mostly in my teens. I just decided to start going to church every Sunday. And then um, then that stopped and it became more of a spiritual practice where I felt that it was something greater than just the church, you know, or uh, the Catholic religion. Did anything bring you to that point? What drew you to seek it out? 
Um, I had an experience when I was in my teens. Um, you know, just I feel like a lot of times when I have like a wake up moment, um, my faith becomes stronger. Um, and because that's when you fall to your knees, right? And start praying. And there's something, I just knew there was something greater than myself. Um, and, and I would go to church, I mean, religiously every Sunday, no matter where I was, um, until one day, uh, I have a cousin who is, who is gay and was telling me that he wasn't accepted at church. And then I thought, well, that's a little limiting. So, you know, I still, I believe in God, but I just felt like, doesn't he love everyone? <laughs> so I just, um, my spiritual practice was kind of like um, prayer and meditation from that point on. I didn't feel the need to have to go to church on Sundays. Right. So that happens a lot. And when we're faced with the fact of the church versus our spirituality or the church versus God or what we view as prayer and the church becomes that institution and a lot of things that we don't believe in or stand for. And I can understand that. And that's sort of a little bit of where I am too. Not the same story, but the church became this place, this became this institution. I remember both my children went to Catholic school and it became a kind of a place of you showed up and you were people in the front row looked like perfect people right. doing all these perfect things. And it was like, oh my gosh, you know? Um, and that's not it. That's not what it's about. But I can still be very reverent and love going to churches because it's a yeah. sacred space. And when I walk in there, I feel very calm and centered and connected. I just don't need to be in the community so much. I just sometimes do miss the sacred space. I love the sacred space. And um, I guess I realized I would go to church to pray. And then I realized, well, I can pray anywhere, you know? So I, I love going there. and I do feel that sacred space when I'm there. But I also know that I want to have a conversation every day, you know, with a higher power just to connect with my spirit. So I can do that, you know, anytime I want. <laughs> Very, very true. And it's true. Uh, as I was brought up in my Catholic you know, school tradition, it didn't dawn on me, except like maybe before you went to bed, that you had to kind of go pray at church. Right. And I love that because we can pray and do that anywhere because God and our faith is omnipresent and always with us. So I love that. That was really, really so true. So let's bring the listeners back a little bit. I want to get into your amazing passion project, your business, and I've known you a bit. And so this is really amazing. So, but before we even go there, I want to talk about what led up to you creating this beautiful business of In a Groove. Okay. Um, you want how I came up with the idea? Yeah. Like how, what you were doing, you know, and how it came up and how it has developed to what it is today. I feel like I've always been pretty creative. I wanted to study art, but my parents, they didn't go to college. So they're like, no, you can't do that. You're not going to make any money doing that. So I studied foreign languages so I can teach. Um, and for my college graduation, I had a turquoise dress that I loved. And I don't like my feet. I had a pair of um, shoes that I loved to wear that didn't match the dress. And I was so frustrated that I couldn't have that same shoe in the color that matched my dress. Um, so I wound up wearing shoes that I didn't like, but for some reason I didn't let it go. 
Like, so I would um, go to Payless and buy shoes, which I, by the way, Payless just went out of business. I was so sad to hear that. Oh no, I didn't know that. Wow. And um, I would detach the bottoms of it, of the shoes and reattach um, my idea of, you know, an interchangeable shoe. I'm also very frugal. So I didn't want to spend a lot of money on shopping and, um, I didn't really work on it then though. I kind of just, you know, when I proposed it to people, they said, well, go get a real job, right? You know, you just got get your master's and start teaching. You can't pursue this now. So I kind of just paused it for a good 10, 15 years. It was always in the back of my mind. Um, and interestingly enough, um, one day, and again, I don't feel like, it's weird. I had a moment where I felt like the idea came to me. I didn't know how to create the accessory to fit on the shoe without the elastic breaking. And the idea came to me one day when I was, I felt like my hand started moving and creating this accessory. And within five minutes, and I, had, I was praying actually before it happened. And it was weird because there it was in my hands. And I don't recall doing it 100% on my own. If that makes any sense, it sounds crazy, but I just remember being in awe of what I had created because it was I was zoned in on it for like I don't know it seemed like five minutes, but it be it it just worked, and I was praying, please help me make this work. I don't know how to make this work. How can this be functional? And then all of a sudden, as if it was just my hands moving, and I was watching my hands doing it, <laughs> and it just happened. So it's just a bizarre story. It's so amazing. I want that is. Really amazing. I want to take the listeners back a little bit to what you said. So even 10 to 15 years before that moment, you said that you would take, you know, buy shoes from Payless, which unfortunately went out of business, but I know Payless too. And so they were, you know, inexpensive, but Mm -hmm. good enough shoes, right? That you could wear and, and so forth. So how, what were you doing then with the shoe? What you wanted them to be different. You wanted to interchange them. Were you actually doing something with the shoe then or was just it was sort of just an idea? Um, it was an idea. I just floated around um, in my mind because I, like, I have runner's feet. I don't like my feet. And I, when I would find one shoe that I liked, I would wear it until it broke because I, I just like my feet in certain shoes. Um, and I... Something about me is that I'm very persistent, you know, and I just don't let things go. And again, that's what came up when when I came up with the shoe idea. It was it was the graduation day. It wasn't before then. It was like I didn't know what to wear to my graduation party. Wow. So now, take us in a little deeper. Like, tell us about the what the business is. And the interchangeable shoe. So hopefully we'll have, you know, this is a lot of people are listening, obviously audio. So we will have some pictures in some of the, the artwork of the podcast, but go a little deeper so people can understand what is an interchangeable shoe? What, what do you provide? So the shoe is called Inner Groove because um, I got a patent on the soles. Um, they have two grooves in them. Um, and the accessory slips into the grooves, so it's in a groove. So you can change the top, the straps to be 
different colors to match your outfit. So the base of the shoe is a neutral color. It's usually nude or black or brown. Um, and then the accessories, you know, um, come in all different colors and also in T-straps. So you can, you know, save space in your closet. You can pack one pair of shoes and like 10 accessories on a, you know, to, on a vacation. Um, it's just, it's fun, um, flirty, inexpensive, um, feminine. So do you buy the one, is there like you buy the one sole in, or you buy all like the, the three colors, if you wanted the three colors, and then you can buy as many of the, the straps that you're calling. So you can have like all these many different kinds of styles. So you buy one shoe and it comes with an accessory and then you can purchase different ones um, to match, you know, whatever your favorite colors are. We have a dozen accessories right now. So there might be like a cheetah print, a pom-pom. I tried to make the accessories fun and not just plain because I feel like Sometimes people see a shoe and they love it, but if the excess, if it's too, if it's like a yellow shoe, for example, they won't buy it because they don't know what to wear after that one time they wear it. Whereas with these accessories, I think it gives women creative control of their wardrobe because you can put on the yellow accessory, wear it today, and then not have to be stuck to that yellow shoe if it were an actual shoe. You could just take the accessory off. And then, you know, the next day wear your cheetah prints or uh, your black with a faux fur on it. And just, you know, it, it's just more of giving women choice, more choice with their wardrobe to sort of like match their personality or mood rather than um, being stuck with a shoe they can only wear once. Yeah. And you know, it's so true because you're saying that. So my color, my favorite color is red, which is an odd color. Well, it's not an odd color, but my color, favorite color is red. I don't wear it a lot. I actually wore it a lot the last two weeks because of go red, but I own a few red shoes and I hardly wear them because what am I going to do with that? Like I wear it one time and it has to have the perfect thing. But if I had an accessory, which maybe had a little bit different, I could like switch it up a little bit. Right. I kind of love that idea that I have options. Yeah. Now, are the shoes, are they all sandals, strappy kind of sandals, uh, strappy right. kind of shoes? Oh, yes. They are strap sandals. And then um, I guess as I expand the line, I'll do like ballet flats or closed toed shoes. Right now, they're a spring and summer type of a shoe. So exciting. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I So this is exciting to me because I feel like I've known you quite a bit at this point, a couple yeah. of years at this point, And this was sort of just a dream. Right yeah. now it's, now it's reality. So yeah. it's crazy how it was just from, you know, it's funny. I, I applied for the patent and I always say like something happens in my life where there's always like a positive spin on something negative. Right. So I, I got divorced and I felt like I hit rock bottom. And at that point I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to go and pursue that passion project that I didn't do 10 years ago. <laughs> and I'm like, what's the worst I can say at the patent office? No, you didn't get it. So because of that, it's kind of like, I felt like I had already lost everything. So what's there to lose? And then all of a sudden I got the patent. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, now what? <laughs> I actually have to pursue it. So I'm, I'm, it's funny because I was always afraid, but once, you know, I, I always say to people, once you face your fear, 
there's so many blessings on the other side of that. And I think I was afraid of doing it at the college point in time, you know, at, at that time for so many different reasons. And then once that fear was gone, because I felt like I had nothing to lose, it, it became a reality. Or at least, you know, it, it started to come into fruition. You know, it's so true. I think when we are in that place and we hit rock bottom and we have, like you said, it's like, well, what's the difference? Like you're already where you are. You, you're not really, you're kind of like, okay. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, guess what? We're going to, we're going to accept that patent. So now you had to do something um, and you wanted to, and that became like the passion. I read a little bit about your bio or your story and you talk a lot about your heart. So yeah. tell me a little bit about that. You write a lot about that with this business. Tell me, tell us more about that. And we are still this whole couple of weeks have been talking about matters of the heart. Yes. So I do work with children and um, I actually love my day job. So this is, it's nice to be able to have that as I work on this. I feel very fortunate for that. And I always feel like I can always do more and help more. And I had a club, um, it was called Students Against Destructive Decisions. And we used to, um, one year we gathered a thousand pairs of shoes and we, or we donated it to a, an organization called Souls for Souls. And what they do is provide um, shoes for children around the world and families who don't have proper footwear. Um, so with this company, I didn't just want it to be like a financial reason that I did it because otherwise it wouldn't be meaningful to me in the long run, you know, for me to want to pursue it long term, I had to feel like I was somehow helping someone along the way. So um, I am going to still work with them and provide proper footwear with that organization um, as I continue with this, just to make it more meaningful and not just like a business oriented uh, task. Like I, I, there has to be a greater purpose for me in order for me to, to truly bring it to a, a fulfilling level for myself. I love that. So that's all about the heart. It's, it's allowing yourself to kind of pay it forward and help yeah. those. Like, I didn't know, like I want to give back. And sometimes in business you can't or don't know how. So it had to be intertwined with a way for me to be able to help others, um, not just save the money by having an interchangeable shoe. <laughs> Yeah, but it's still, it's, it serves a purpose. And that's why I know you speak a lot about the heart. It's a heart-centered business. And I love yeah. that. Yeah. Who do you think is your ideal um, woman that would buy this? Like age, what's the age group? What's, what are you seeing in your demographics? So demographics, I thought, because they're black heels. So it's a classic look right now. And they're, my first order is all black. Um, I Anywhere between 20... And 55, really, um, because someone who's starting out um, in the business world, for example, may not have a lot of money to spend and wants a new look, you know. But at the same time, at the trade shows, there were a lot of women in their 30s and 40s who liked the shoe. So that's why I think the range is between 25 and 55. The heel isn't so high where people can't wear it daily, it's like two and three quarters. So it's not too high, not too low. Eventually, I'll come up with different heel heights. But I wanted, I picked a range that um, that would appeal to most women. 
So I think there's a look for every age group and uh, women of all ages. I mean, if, if they're into fashion, I think would, would really like the accessories. Well, I can't wait to check it out for my daughter. So my daughter is 21. She's interning. She's done a lot of internship in fashion. Oh, nice. And yeah. Oh, nice. And, yeah. And she's totally... And right now she's interning right now in Manhattan as we speak. And yeah. her background is PR, is public relations, okay. but in the fashion industry. So she's wow. interned at um, Yugo Boss. She's interned at Millie. She's right yeah. now at you know somewhere else. And I can just see her. So... And she's really into fashion. She's really into putting together a look, but she's really kind of, you know, able to kind of have that differentiation. So right. I got to get my hand on your new spring line because uh, she's going to be hugging me for it. Yay. I would love, love, love to give her a pair. That'd be awesome. I wish she would love it. She would love it. So too bad we both wear, don't wear the same size. That's the one bad part of having <laughs> a daughter that does not wear the same uh, shoe size, but it's uh, it's a lot of fun. So I'm thinking of her because... She's young. She's going to be commuting. She's going to be graduating in May. Oh, she's wow. Commuting to oh, Manhattan. Wow. I know. That did go oh. really fast. And uh, she loves putting together. She has a great way of putting her, a look together. Matter of fact, she's my go-to person. Whenever I'm not sure, I FaceTime with her and I'm going, how does this look? And she goes, <laughs> or what does this shoe look like? Because you know, sometimes just the other day, I had on two different kinds of boots. Like mom was a short boot, mom was a long boot. And she's like, no, mom, those are better. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking of her. And, but I think, I think what you said is true. There's, it could be very versatile for many women. And yeah. I love that about the heel because I have to tell you, I'm one of these people that when I go out, yes, obviously I wear heels, mm-hmm. but I don't like to be so uncomfortable and I don't like to be so super tall. You know, I have this whole thing and walking around. So it's nice that you came out with that heel where you can wear it every day. And it's not... If it would have been a higher heel, it would only appeal to women in their, I don't know, 18 to 25 range. I can't wear a three-inch heel anymore <laughs> um, or a four-inch heel. You know, I, I've never was able to do that. And two inches are nice, but they're a lot more casual. So I, I tried to find something in between. No, I love that. So where can people find you? And is there anything else you want to share about, about the company and about the mission? So uh, hopefully this spring, finally, after I don't know how many years in the progress of uh, the shoe company, I'll be able to have it online first, um, direct to consumer. I'm hoping April, May, I'm crossing my fingers. And then I'm going to be reaching out to boutiques like um, Periwinkle Boutique in New Hyde Park is interested in a bunch of local boutiques, but I'll post those names out. Um, my website is www.innergroove.com. That's I-N-A-G-R-U-V. And so I'm just very excited and I can't believe it's actually happening. It's it's kind of crazy, but um, I'm grateful for the whole process. So I've been growing and learning so much. <laughs> I know. And you also have a GoFundMe. So I want to make sure I put... So you guys are listening. I'll put all the information in the show notes. So you'll see the website... You'll also have the GoFundMe link to uh, to help this amazing passion project of In a Groove and also have that heart passion to Souls to Souls and the mission that Ada has behind that. So all that information will be in the show notes. And I'm just oh. so excited for you. I'm so excited for you. On the GoFundMe, um, I am matching any donations. So like $20, you get 20% off, 30 30% off, things like that. So... And I give away free pairs as well. So as an incentive, if anyone (laughs) wants to pitch in. 
And can anybody find you on social? Are you hanging out in social these days? Social media. Instagram is in a groove as well. Um, there is a Facebook page and there's a Twitter. <laughs> awesome. What are you on Twitter? I, I think it's in a groove as well. Okay. So, All right, everybody. So go follow in a groove on Instagram, Facebook page and Twitter. And thank you so much, Ada. We're so excited for you. And I know this is going to be an amazing spring and amazing year ahead. So Thank you so much for all you do and for connecting to all the hearts of of women. Thank you so much, Tina. Bye-bye. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you so very much for joining me this week. I want an extended invitation to work with me privately. Have you ever wondered if you have intuition or you know you do, you just don't know how to tap into it or how to use intuition for your daily life? I would love for you to explore intuition with me. Allow me to be your guide. It is a four-week private coaching course. I will leave all the information below. Thank you once again. I am honored to share your spiritual growth. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Ellen Ferranti. As a New York City doctor for so many years, my daily life is steeped in evidence-based medicine. As I've gotten older and more experienced, It's not just about evidence-based medicine. It's about listening to that internal voice, my intuition. It wasn't until I met Tina Conroy that I learned to develop my intuition and allow myself to trust it. With Tina's intuitive coaching course, I learned about the clairs and I learned to trust those senses, all complementary to my medical knowledge and a part of my existence. I'm so grateful for Tina Conroy's insight and you will totally love her intuitive coaching course.